Are you an overwhelmed entrepreneur with endless tasks, emails, and messages? Do you feel your systems are ineffective or you don't have any at all? I get it. You wish you could come up for air and take that well-deserved vacation you've been dreaming of, all without sacrificing the growth or health of your business. I'm hosting a webinar to introduce concepts that you can use to learn more about how to clockwork your business for operational efficiency. The best part? The webinar is at no cost to you. It will be held May 14th at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, and a recording will be available for those who can't attend live. If you are ready to make a change in your business so you can take a real vacation, go to bit.ly forward slash May 2024 CFF to enroll. That's bit.ly forward slash May 2024CFF. I can't wait to see you there. Welcome to Biz Help for You with host Candy Messer. Entrepreneurs like to focus on the big picture, like profitability, success, and a smooth running organization. Always seems to be those little things like taxes, employee compensation, laws, regulations, and more. Now you can get the answers you need in one place. Join us today as we break it all down for you. Now, here's your host, Candy Messer. Hello, and welcome to Biz Help for You with Candy Messer. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found the information on last week's show, The Sales Chain, informative. If you are unable to join us and would like to listen to the show, links can be found on our YouTube and Facebook pages, as well as multiple podcast platforms. If you'd like to receive notifications on when our podcasts have been uploaded, please like and subscribe. If there are topics you'd find beneficial or questions you have, please feel free to reach out to me at media at abandp.com. Now let's learn a little bit about our guest today. Melissa Forziat is a Southern California-based marketer, speaker, consultant, and author. She teaches small businesses how to market on a budget and helps them execute their marketing strategies in addition to working with business organizations to train their trainers. She offers keynote presentations, workshops, and webinars, and her national and international speaking schedule has taken her as far as New Zealand. To date, she has delivered over 120 workshops and webinars to thousands of attendees. Before starting Melissa Forzi at events and marketing, Melissa's career involved roles with the Olympic Winter Games, Rugby World Cup, and the U.S. Olympic Committee. Melissa is author of the free ebook, Small Business Marketing on a Budget. So, Melissa, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Candy. I'm excited to have you. I know this is going to be a great topic, and I know there's a lot of people that have started businesses and wonder how they're going to actually get their marketing on such a small budget. So I know this is going to be great information. But before we get into the meat of the topic, I always want to know a little bit more about the guests. So tell me about you. How did you get started in your business and in the industry that you currently serve? Good question. Um, well, you mentioned a little bit about the, my background, which, you know, I started out doing major international sport events, which is uh, a, an industry that is operating at such a scale, right? You can't 
really even possibly imagine how big an event like that is, even if you're working for an organization like that. So I started working with Olympic Winter Games and Rugby World Cup and the U.S. Olympic Committee, like you said. Um, And then eight years ago, I had moved to Seattle after one of those events and wasn't planning to stay there for very long and accidentally started a business. I was trying to get full-time jobs. I was looking in the sport event industry. I was having a hard time finding that work. Um, And I was just networking a ton, especially in Seattle. I realized you really need to know people in the area. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was just meeting up with people a lot. And one day I accidentally strung together the words, I'd take you on as a client. And I got a client from it, which now I know is like, I don't know what kind of lightning in a bottle that was that moment, because you could talk to a hundred people and not get a client from it. But Mm -hmm. that was, you know, it was the right time, the right place. And uh, I I got a nice size client from it that basically launched my business. So I started doing events that involved marketing. And then I expanded my services over the years to go more into the small business marketing side of things. Um, And it's been so fascinating for me because it's given me an opportunity to work with so many different types of clients. Um, Also, when I expanded into speaking about marketing, uh, that gave me yet more opportunity to get in front of clients and talk with them and find out what questions they had and see what kind of questions uh, different people in different places had about their businesses, which was also a, a great way to see trends. So my business, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know exactly how uncommon it is for somebody's business to just sort of start because, you know, accidentally or because, you know, it was sort of an urgent need. Um, But that's where, that's where it all began for me. So it gave me an interesting insight into the process of building a business. Nice. Actually, it was one of those entrepreneurs that didn't intend to be an entrepreneur either, but it kind of revealed itself to me. Right. So I think that that happens. (laughs) Yep. So, but uh, I never just said, necessarily like just one person. I mean, that's kind of why I have my business. So one person did say, please help, please help, please help. And I guess that's how come I have my business, but you're right. It's not always like, oh, I want to start a business. There you are, you know, Mm -hmm. and the clients are there. So, but interesting. So obviously I have seen your website. Of course we have chatted offline and I actually have submitted a couple of my expert articles for you too. Um, But you have a lot of content that you share with small businesses. So what made you want to work with the small business and share your content and other people's content? Yeah, this is an interesting question because as I started to operate in my business, something that became clear to me when I talked with other service providers who who work with businesses is that a lot of them don't want to work with micro businesses. Mm. Um, and I, I started to get to know more about why that was. I think that, you know, a lot of times when, when service providers work with micro businesses, uh, they're not going to get the big contracts. They're mm-hmm. not going to get the security. They are going to have to have volume. They're going to have to have a volume of client base that may seem really daunting for a business like theirs to grow. So I, I, as I was building my business, I was talking to a lot of people who were doing that. And it sort of locked me further into wanting to work with that market because I'm a micro business owner. Um, a lot of the people that I know are micro business owners. You know, we have, we have very small businesses. Usually that's under 10 employees. You could also look at it from a revenue standpoint. 
And to me, that's the area where there's so much potential for economic growth. Um, mm-hmm. and, and what I love about working with the really small micro businesses is that you can change a life with a good piece of advice at just the right time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people in that category got into business similar to how I did. Now, mine started really accidentally, but for some people, there's, you know, a, a, an economic change in their lives. They lost a job or they they haven't had one for a while or a health crisis comes up and they're looking for a way to make ends meet. And they realize, oh, there's this thing that I do really well. I could turn it into a business. And that is so tricky for so many of us because we don't have the knowledge of how to operate your business. We only right. know the product or service. And so, you know, if you can help somebody just a little bit with some of the operational components at the right time, it can make it, it can make the difference between that person's business thriving and that person's business failing. Right. And, you know, when you're really right up close to that, you can see the other impacts that has like a a business that's succeeding could mean food on the table. It could mean, you know, paying rent that month. It could mean anything. It could mean a lot for their family and for themselves as a person. So for me, it's why I sort of doubled down in working with this audience. And I had to get really serious about that because a lot of people who are marketers are somewhat flippant about how much money they think you need to spend per month on marketing. And so people immediately tune them out when they get advice like that, because I don't have the budget for this. So if I was going to focus in on this audience, for me, it was about really getting to understand it, getting to know it and being appropriate to them. Uh, so all that content that you see on my website is a response to that because a lot of people stay in that I need free content space for a while before they're ready to work with somebody like me. And I've had people who, who read content from my website for one, two, I've recently heard up to six years before they pick up Mm. the phone and call me, um, but then they become great clients and it means they've been getting drip marketing education along the way. And in addition to that, like you mentioned, you know, you've provided content as well. So guest blogs, you know, I get an opportunity to share all different kinds of important information about operating your small business. Um, and it's just, to me, it's been the most important thing to make sure people can make it to the next level um, and, and stay in business and thrive from it. Right. Well, and even now, I think as soon as I, you know, had found out you had the book and kind of your focus on what you're doing, I was like, okay, I need to have her on my podcast because there are so many people who have started businesses in the last year and a half because they lost their job or they were at home or, you know, different things. And like you said, the necessity kind of showed itself. And there's a lot of people, like you said, that are good at what they do in the service or product they provide, but don't know how to do the marketing or other, you know, areas because you weren't ever thinking you're going to be a business owner. Like you said, they're accidental entrepreneurs or, you know, out of necessity. So I think it's a great discussion and having that opportunity for them to learn. And that's why I have my podcast too. And I talk about all different topics, not just my industry, because I want to educate the business owners and, you know, help them be successful. So I love that that's your focus is, is really to help them get the education so they can be successful. And thank you for doing this as well. I think this is so important for people to have. I mean, we, we've said it from a couple different angles, but if, if you got into business because you make great cheesecakes, I want your business to be around long enough so I can eat your great cheesecake. So, you know, like there's a lot of different 
there's a lot of different things that you need to know for that business outside of what's happening in the kitchen. And mm-hmm. um, it's true for every business like that. You know, it, the smallest things can trip us up and uh, the smallest things can also help us. So I'm sure there are people who have listened to biz help for you who have gotten, you know, something along the way that like changed the course of how they operated. And it's, you know, you just never know what kind of life lives you've touched along the way. Well, that's my passion. So I do hope it helps, you know, and like I said, I I know that you have some fabulous information. So one of the things I do want to get into talking about, because again, a new business owner may not know really what a brand really is versus, you know, a logo or a thing. So give the definition of really what a brand is and what does it mean for a business to have a brand? Yeah, this is, I think, I think this is a question that is a sticking point for a lot of people because it seems like such a big idea and it doesn't, it's hard to know how important it is to operate in your business day to day. To me, a brand is basically just the personality of your business and it's not necessarily the personality of you. There are things Mm -hmm. that you can put forward in your business that aren't how you would uh, show up yourself every single day. Some people hold themselves back a little bit from their businesses because they feel more comfortable doing that. Um, In some cases, you have multiple people operating in a business. And so your business needs to look the same to the audience at large, regardless of who's representing it. So a brand is basically the personality behind the business. And there's a lot of things that go into that. It's your value system. It's the tone of voice that you use when you're talking or writing. Um, And all of that needs to line up with how your business is going to show up when Mm -hmm. you're working with the clients as well, or when you're talking to the clients. So all of that really goes together. And to me, that is one of the important foundational pieces of a business. There's knowing who your audience is or who your audiences are. And then there's knowing how you're going to talk to them and how you're going to be with them. So making that decision, a lot of times I feel like we get more concrete on that over time, but the more you can do to start thinking about how you want to show up, the better off you're going to be and the more consistently you'll come across to Mm -hmm. the people that you're reaching. Right. So if someone wants to put together, you know, a brand, they're starting a business or maybe they've had their business for a year or two, but haven't really thought about what their brand should be you know, what would you say to guide them on this is what you should do, or these are some of the mistakes that you should avoid? Yeah, I think the the number one answer I want to give this to this question is that your brand has nothing to do with what you think your business is. It has everything to do with what your audience thinks it is. Mm-hmm. So whatever you're putting out there, it's how people are interpreting it. That is what you represent to the marketplace. And A lot of time, a lot of times, especially new business owners don't understand that piece. So, Mm -hmm. you know, if I'm doing a workshop or something, somebody will come up to me and they'll say, can you look at my business card or my website? What do you think? I'll say, oh, great. Why did you pick the color green? And they'll say, because I liked it. And to me, that's the wrong answer. hundred percent of the time, you know, you have to start with what your audience is going to like, and more importantly, just what's going to resonate with your audience. Mm -hmm. And then of those things, you know, which one do you like the best? Uh, Then, then you get to ask that question. Um, But it's important that, you know, we have so little time to get our audience's attention. It's often only seconds that they're paying attention to us. And a couple seconds isn't long enough for them to remember us or even register that they saw that message. So it's 
it's important that you be crystal clear and cutting straight through to what's important to them in all the elements of what you're saying to them, which is why we need to think really carefully about that. It's why it's important for us to ask the question, you know, how do I want to come across to this audience and, and what do they need to see from me? Um, so that when we put a message out there, we stand a much better chance of them actually paying attention to it. Right. So what would you tell somebody then how to even know what they should be putting out there? If it's not the color I like, or if it's not what I think I should be saying, it's what the customer, you know, wants to see or perceive, like, how do you even educate the business owner to know what to do, how to put that brand together? Yeah. So, so if I, if I happen to be working with the client, there's, you know, I've, I've been able to pull together a bunch of tools over the years, different psychological tools that, okay, what do colors mean? You know, I've got Mm -hmm. charts that show what colors mean. You know, we've got uh, exercises on how do you assess what the values of your brand are or the tone. Um, We've got, you know, kind of a lot of different little exercises to start putting together the pieces of the brand Um, but if it's something that you're working on, on your own, I would look some of those things up if you can, you know, even something like color psychology, you can absolutely find information about that, um, in a simple online search. Um, you know, you can, you can look up tone words or values words and try to see which, which of these resonate, which of these seem to cut through now on the other side of it, um, you know, that's the research that you might do without the audience. But if you have the luxury of having a few people to pull in your audience, uh, you might go to them with some, with a survey and some direct questions about what they're looking for to help inform you of what other people in that market might be interested to see. Um, Mm -hmm. so anytime you get an opportunity to ask a few quick questions to people to get a better sense of how the audience is picking up either on what you're putting out there or on what you think you might put out there. Um, it's a good opportunity because we need these focus groups to really understand how it's all landing. Right. Yeah. I think that's just one of the things that business owners don't necessarily think about when they're first starting their business. If they know they need to put something together for a brand, they aren't thinking about what is it from the customer's perspective. It is what colors do I like, or what do I want to like put out there? And Mm -hmm. knowing how to get that feedback isn't always easy. And, you know, you, you just look for the ways that you can get it. And something that I often do is, you know, if somebody contacts me and they've been sort of surfing around my website or other materials, or maybe they saw me at a speaking engagement, a lot of times they'll give me clues when they open up the conversation, they'll say something like, oh, you know, I was just looking at your website and it, it, it was really adjective, 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 and I'll like be making a mental note of all those things of what did they just say? And what is that how I want to come across? Um, Is that how I meant to come across? And, you know, is that, is there a trend here? And I've been able to get it. So I'm consistently hearing similar things in those adjective spaces. And you kind of want to get to that same spot. You know, you're looking for most people to be picking up the same things from your message and that those are the messages that you intended to send out. Um, so we, it takes time. We, we don't, there's no perfect way to get it right straight away, but the more thought you put into it and the more, uh, the more you ask people, uh, what their perceptions are, the closer you're going to be able to get when you put a future message out there. Right. So if you are helping somebody with marketing or teaching them about marketing or someone is looking at your website and trying to understand what marketing is, what would you tell them so they would understand really the importance of the marketing? Yeah, you know, I think um, 
one of the things that I, I think the most important thing for people to be aware of is you have to, you have to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that, you know, I say this because a lot of people aren't asking the question of how should I do it? They're asking, they're saying, I'm not ready to do it. They're Mm -hmm. saying, I don't have the budget to do it. They're saying, I don't have the time to do it. And they're feeling like um, there's things stopping them that are more pressing than their marketing. Right. I get this all the time. (laughs) And I think it's important for people to understand that if you don't market, marketing is about telling people you're out there and telling them what you do and making them aware of of your existence on the planet, (laughs) Right? right? So like, how are people supposed to buy what you sell if they haven't? heard of you? How are they supposed to buy what you sell if you're not in front of them at the moment when they need the thing that you sell? So, you know, marketing is very important. And for those of us who are putting it on a back burner, perhaps in the very distant future, Mm -hmm. um, you know, you have to really think, yeah, okay, maybe you're serving clients today, but who's in your pipeline for tomorrow when those clients go away? And so I think, you know, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm talking to a potential client or any, just any business owner, whether or not they're thinking about becoming a client, I, I want to impress upon them that marketing is sort of a constant in your business. To me, I often compare it to being like bookkeeping, where it's something that you're doing all the time to keep right. your business healthy. In marketing, the rules change along the way. Um, and bookkeeping may be a little bit more stable from that standpoint. But if you think about it, like whatever I'm doing for my marketing, can I do this? How often can I do this? Can I be consistent with this? Mm-hmm. Then you're potentially doing some marketing that can work for your business because consistency is absolutely key. And just getting out there is right. absolutely key. So how do you help someone figure out, or if someone's listening and they want to do it on their own, maybe they haven't even had any, you know, professional advice, but they're like, okay, I know I need to get out there. I know I have to market, but there's so many different platforms out there. And I've been told you're supposed to like post at a certain time to get the right amount of viewers, but I don't have time to sit there and log on and post all the time. Like, what would you tell someone like, should they start just one, one platform and just focus on that? Should they pick a couple? Should they still go ahead and batch their, you know, posts and let a third party, you know, posting software help them or just try to go in and just add it to your post, you know, organically, like right then when you're there, not, you know, like, what would you say about all of that? Cause there's so much information out there that it becomes overwhelming to know what you should do. It does. Yeah. And, and so it's, it's interesting the question that you've asked because you've already gone really specific with an assumption about needing to do online marketing or social media Mm -hmm. marketing, for example. So I'm going to, I'm going to take us back a step here and say, um, there are a lot of ways to market your business. Mm-hmm. Because again, if we, if we boil this down to just simply saying it's about getting people to be aware of your business, there's a lot of ways to do that, right? So, right. Um, you know, marketing for one person's business could look like being on social media uh, for another person's business. It could look like uh, putting out a lot of content uh, through their website and for another person's business. It could be constantly attending networking events mm-hmm. for some people's businesses that might be speaking for some people's businesses, it might be, um, you know, putting up flyers all over town or uh, building relationships with other businesses. So there are a lot of verbal referrals that are happening 
There could be, you know, you could find great directories that are exactly where your audience is looking and that's where you need to be. For other people, they need, let's say, a low volume of really specific high-profile clients. So maybe what they're going to do is, um, you know, do research to find the perfect clients and then try to court them however they possibly can, maybe mm-hmm. with gifting or pitch emails or, um, you know, you know, pitch visits or, you know, however that's going to work. All of these things really still factor into marketing. Um, right. And I would even say advertising, although we, we often bucket it separately, but what you're willing to pay for, um, that's marketing as well. It's just right. getting the message out there so that people can receive it. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, when people are looking at how am I going to market, part of the question becomes, first of all, where is your audience? Right. You know, where exactly can you find them and how can you reach them in those places? That narrows the list quite a bit of where you could be marketing to be effective. Mm -hmm. And then of course, I encourage people to think about where is my brand going to be represented the best? You know, if you, if you're going to need visuals, for example, that's going to change some of your options, right? You know, if, and then you look at where do I want to be, you know, do you want to be in a place where you're going to be spending money or spending time? Uh, Do you want to be in a place where you're going to have to interact, like maybe you're really introverted and you're uncomfortable with the idea of interacting with people in person. So you go for other options. Um, So I think it needs to be sort of an intersection of those three things, the answer that we come up with. And, you know, for your questions on social media, I think if somebody decides that if that social media is in fact a place they need to be now, I would say, which, which platforms is your target market on? Where are they communicating on those Mm -hmm. platforms? Like, how are they talking? What you know, how can you find them exactly where they are on those platforms? And then, you know, how many places is it realistic for you to be? Um, Because I think people try to be a lot of places at once on social media, and maybe they only need to be one or two places and just be there really well, really listening and really talking to people. So all of this stuff, I know it's not a perfect, like, simple answer. But if there were, if I were to give you an answer that said everybody should be here, and there are marketers who are doing that, Everybody must be using this. If everybody were using that, it would become so saturated that nobody could use it anymore. Right. So so there can't be one answer for every business. Mm -hmm. Um, We will inherently dilute it if we do that. So you have to find what's right for your audience and your business. Right. Well, I'd love to, when you were saying before about networking and, you know, maybe if you're an introvert, that doesn't work as well. And you might want to try something else, but actually I'm introverted and I've had to learn to put myself out there. And like this podcast, I never thought I would do, you know, but here we are. But um, I actually loved having the opportunity to just chat, chat with one or two people, just one-on-one and not, you know, plan to go and like work the room per se, but that helped me get to know people and they got to know me and we built really great relationships that ended up and it drives business to each other in the long run, because now you know who they serve and who our ideal clients are. And when you hear someone say, I have a need, you can easily like refer them. And so I think that's an excellent way. It does take your time and often some money too, because you have to pay for the events or something. But I think a lot of people have not always gone that route if they're like me too. And, oh, I'm shy. It's going to be hard to talk to somebody Um, And of course, we haven't had as much opportunity in the last year and a half with, you know, everything kind of having to be Zoom and and remote and things. You don't have as much time to really talk one on one. But I've had to learn 
it's okay to go and still be shy and talk to one or two people and not have to talk to everyone in the room. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and expand on this and address the introverts in the room for a second. Extroverts keep listening. I'm sure we'll be giving you more later on in the podcast, but um, you know, when people say I'm shy, I think one of the great superpowers that an introvert has is being able to create a depth of the relationship, not just a volume, but like really go deep and really become aware of somebody's strengths. And oftentimes you develop stronger partnerships because of it. So, you know, when people say they're shy and they kind of like automatically feel like that excludes them from a whole category of marketing, I encourage you to really dig deep and ask yourself in what ways am I shy? What parts of this make me uncomfortable? Because chances are you can find other ways to get it done that are very creative in the same space. Mm -hmm. So like you, for example, are doing a podcast because it's more comfortable for you to speak Mm one-on-one. I went in a different direction and realized, okay, so if I, if you send me in a room as an attendee to a networking event, and I don't know anybody I'm going to be maximum uncomfortable. I'm going to lap the room five times, maybe like get a piece of food or something to hold in my hand as a drink. And I'm going to keep lapping it until I notice the other person in the room who's lapping the room too. We'll lock eyes. And then we talk until we finally leave together. Mm. Um, You know, but for me, it's very awkward and very uncomfortable and often doesn't feel like the greatest use of my time. But what I ended up doing instead or doing more of is um, when I started my speaking career that solved all my problems, because as a speaker, I was able to share my content and my personality through my content. Um, And people would then approach me. We would have cut through all of the small talk. Neither of us had to think of something to say. They'd say, when you said that thing in your, in your talk, it made me think of something from my business. And then we go straight into the really good business conversations or really good personal conversations. And so for some people, public speaking would be the scariest option. But for me, that was actually a solution to feeling very awkward and uncomfortable in a networking room. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I mean, these are just ways for you to really think about in what way am I shy and right. in what way could I potentially cut through that and actually fit, you know, highlight what's strong about me already in my marketing. Right. Great tips. <laughs> we all have something we could be doing <laughs> that will help us. Right. You know, we don't have to shy away from every little thing that might scare us. Mm. <laughs> so, um, I know we were talking again to people that maybe don't have a whole lot in their budget to, you know, advertise and do the marketing, but can you tell somebody how they would determine how much of their budget that they have available for marketing? So this is a really interesting question because there are people who have tried to give like a percentage percentage of revenue. This is how much you go to marketing. I've seen that there are numbers like that out there. Okay. So if you go look that up, you will find them, but that's not my answer. My answer is marketing either costs money or time or a combination of the two. Mm -hmm. So if that's $0 to spend on marketing, you can still find ways to market your business. It's probably going to take you a little longer and it's probably going to involve more relationship building. Um, in ways that are free, right? We can email people for free. We can do social media for free. We can, there are a lot of ways we can connect with people for free. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I once worked with a photographer who was trying to break into different markets, but didn't have much budget. So I would just say, all right, go to all the places where you want to get clients, 
put your holster on, put all of your lenses hanging from it. So you're a huge spectacle. And then just go into those rooms and take photos. Right. We would go to dog parks. We'd go to, uh, you know, other events um, and, you know, anywhere that that person could go for free, that's where we would go. And there would always be people who would go up like, that's a lot of camera equipment. You must be getting really good photos. Can I see what you've got there? And before you know it, they're telling him about what they have coming up that they need a photographer for. Um, Mm -hmm. So those are the kinds of things that we can do that don't cost any money. They cost time and a little bit of creativity to get you into the right space. Um, But when you do have money to spend, that changes your options. Um, it, It will give you more efficient marketing opportunities in some cases. You don't have to you know, spend the time if you don't have it anymore. Um, so we look for that balance. And I think the answer to the question is how much money do you have to give it? Right. And then you find your marketing options around it. Perfect. So obviously if someone's on a tight budget and they also say, well, I'm super busy, they're going to have to pick one or the other, right? You have to make some time to get out there, or you're going to have to spend some money maybe on some things that cost you, but it might save you time in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some people say I've got neither. And then we have a problem because <laughs> right. somehow marketing has to happen. Right. So, right. you know, when people say, yeah, but I don't have time, I just don't have the time or the money. And then I'll say, do you still want to have a business? Because right. at some point people have to have heard of you. In my case, people have have to have heard of me for kind of a long time with many right. different touch points for some people's businesses. It won't be as much, you know, like there mm-hmm. won't be as much competition out there in the, in the marketing marketplace, or, you know, there might not um, there might be more urgency for the clients. Right. So not everybody is going to have the gestation period that I often have with my clients, but if right. you have any, which most people do, um, you, you just need to be out there. So it's going to cost something and it's just a matter right. of what can you realistically give to it. Right. I think it's a great point that you bring up too, about it's going to take time because some people might think, well, gosh, I, you know, I wrote a couple blogs or I posted on social media or I went to a couple networking events and I haven't had anything come from it, right? But it takes a while. And especially industries where they don't want to share their information right away, like mine, sometimes people feel, you know, I'm going to have to share my numbers and either they think they're too big or they're too small or whatever. And they're like kind of embarrassed sometimes about that. So it takes them a while to get comfortable with me. And same thing, like in what you're doing, it takes a while where if you have something else that you just, you know, want to go try a new restaurant, that's easy, right? Someone that, you know, is marketing, they might get a new client pretty quickly if they start, you know, advertising on Yelp or something, whatever they decide to do. But it really depends on your industry and what you're doing for how quickly you might get that customer. It's so true. It's so true. And, you know, you can be, if you're, I don't know, if you're a landscaper and a great marketer, you're probably going to cut through your, your competitors a lot quicker than you're going to be if you're a marketer who's Mm -hmm. trying to market around other marketers, you know, like it just takes a while for some businesses to get that trust and maybe Mm -hmm. a lot less time for others. So you have to kind of know where you fall in that spectrum, but you know, you're talking to somebody who's recently had a client sign up after six years of reading my weekly newsletters. So that was like a really kind of daunting thing to hear and also really exciting because I had planned my marketing in such a way that I could stay in front of her. Um, But for some people, it's the decision is going to happen a lot quicker, but you need to have set things up where you can build that trust. Um, And it helps 
if you can get, if you can have a way to capture that lead and get back in front of them to, to, to nudge them along a little bit each right. time, it, it will very likely, if you have a way to do that, it will very likely help you land more clients in the long run. Right. Well, while you were talking about that too, for six years, I'm assuming that also had to do with like a newsletter or something. It's not just like social media. So we haven't even really talked about newsletters yet. So do you recommend still that people have a newsletter? If so, how often should they be putting that out? Um, you know, is it every couple of weeks, once a month is okay? You know, what would you say on that topic? Uh, well, I love this topic. I'm such a nerd about newsletters. Um, so, you know, don't be off put by that. But uh, I definitely recommend newsletters from the standpoint of, of keeping your audience warm. And if you feel like the word newsletter is outdated, just email your audience from time to time with content that seems valuable to them. Um, right. And, you know, how often? Well, my answer to that is how often is realistic for you to maintain? So <laughs> if you said, um, I'm thinking about doing a weekly newsletter and I said, could you still be doing a weekly newsletter in three years? And if somebody says, no, probably mm-hmm. not, then I know they're going to burn out at some point. So, right. you know, does that need to be monthly? Does it need to be quarterly? every two months, what is the cadence that you will realistically be able to maintain? Cause the point is we want to maintain it so right. that in two years, they are still hearing from you in some businesses, you know, you meet the right person and it's not the right time yet for them. Right. Um, it's just, the conditions aren't quite there or, you know, they haven't totally been convinced, but they would be if you reached them again in a few months. So, you know, I think it's so important to stay in front of those people. I have seen it over and over and over again in my business. I can't even tell you how many examples I have when I'm like, thank goodness I had a newsletter where I was continuing to reach out to those people. You just never know who in your audience is going to be ready in three months or five months time. And at least you're still in front of all of them so you can find out. Exactly. It's so funny too, when I started my newsletter, I think it was back in maybe 2011 or so, and I didn't actually want to have a newsletter either. You're getting to hear all my backstory of different things, but I didn't necessarily want to do that either. I thought, oh, it's so hard to like write content and share and people don't often find it interesting. You know, this is one of those areas that people are like, ah, numbers, accounting, ah, you know, whatever. So, and someone else had told me, yeah, they're not going to want to read it. If they want it, they just want to hire you to do the work and they won't read it. But someone else had said, but it just helps you, you know, if someone finds out about you, same thing, you just, they'll get your information. You can stay in front of them for a while. So I finally said, okay, but I did, I said, I'm only going to do once a month because that I can commit to anything more than that, I think is too much. And so that's what I've been doing for the last 10 years now, I guess is once a month. And I wanted to add just like a little personal thing. So at the beginning, I always have like a little bit of a a note from me and, you know, something that might be a little bit personal too. Like I actually just went to Mount Rushmore and I took a picture with my family. So the newsletter that comes out um, has my, that just came out is going to have that picture. And I'm like, I finally got to go to Mount Rushmore, you know, so it it helps them know a little bit about me too, in an industry or a topic that a lot of times people find not so much fun. Right. And I've had a lot of people tell me they like that part too. Yeah. And there's always something, there's always something that you can share with people that will Mm -hmm. engage them and keep them interested. And that's going to look different for every business, but there's always something. Thing. And, you know, even if I think about, for example, like the tourism industry for as many mm-hmm. bed and breakfasts or hotels as I've stayed in over the years, hardly any of them just still keep in touch with me. And I'm 
always amazed by that because, you know, I'm actually fairly, uh, I'll, I'll unsubscribe from something if it's not relevant to me, but I've never right. done that with places that I've stayed. Cause it reminds me, even mm-hmm. if I don't open it, seeing it come up, I'm like, I remember that time when I went on that trip. And even if for 30 seconds, it lifts my day a little bit, that's right. worth it to me to stay on that list. And then I still remember that I, I don't remember the other properties I stay at except for those. Right. Um, but there's how many times, like when other people are going to plan their trips, are they looking for referrals? And you're like, oh yeah, I know this place. They still keep in touch with me. And that's the place mm-hmm. that you think to refer, even if you're not going to stay there again yourself. So I think for so many industries, you know, finding a way to stay in touch, especially if you're dealing with a volume of leads, um, you know, if you have a really low volume of leads that are really qualified, then maybe you do direct personalized outreach to each of them instead of something Mm -hmm. like that. But this is, you know, this is really about how do I keep the bulk of the audience warm and just, you know, continue to keep my business on their minds. Right. And I think, do you recommend like a certain template or something too, for them to use? Like for me, like I said, I wanted to have a little bit of a, just talking to them about here's kind of what's happening. And here's a little bit about me. And then I share like some important events on the calendar. Like if you have estimated tax payments or, um, you know, some of those upcoming things. And then I have, I share two blogs in there too, that I think might be informative. So that's kind of what I do for myself. But do you find like, there should be a certain format or just whatever they think would be good for information to share. What would you recommend? No, I think it's whatever you believe your audience would be interested in. This is something we get to play with. That's sort of the beauty of newsletters or email marketing, because when you use an email marketing provider um, that is designed for that purpose, they're tracking the results. They're tracking who clicks on things and who opens your email. So you can actually see if people are engaging or not, and you can experiment with things and get, much firmer, more concrete results than you would from a lot of the other marketing that we do. So experiment with it, but you know, you can do a blog, you can certain, you can do a Q and a, you can do, here's a question that my, that, you know, one of my clients asked me recently, or that people who are thinking about becoming clients asked me recently, you could do case studies. You could spotlight a client of the month. You could spotlight a partner business of the month. Um, you know, you could have a, an image or a photo gallery. Um, you could do, you could do a haiku of the month if you want to. I mean, there's like so many options. If you feel more comfortable in a video, you could do a video and you mm-hmm. could send that out. Um, so there's, I think it really comes down to, again, what's going to be doable for you? What are you actually going to do? Um, right. And of, you know, are, is it stuff that's really going to convey your brand well to the audience? And is it right. something they're ultimately going to have an interest in sticking around for. Um, And, you know, that is stuff that we only through experimentation do we find that out. Right, right. I mean, one other question that I was thinking of, I mean, I actually have a lot of questions and we're going to run out of time, but one other thing I thought would be good to touch on was maybe direct mail, because I know a lot of times people have said, that was kind of in the past, but now I've heard that that's actually kind of coming back now. So would you recommend that someone think about direct mail or like, what would you just say for someone who might be thinking that? Good question. If, if you're thinking about direct mail, again, this is an option that's going to cost money. So you have to really explore the, I think they usually call it EDDM, electronic delivery, direct mail or something like that. Um, you can get that. There are companies that do that. Um, and you can do the, the design. A lot of times we do postcards with this, but it could also be 
um, you know, an actual mailer that you've put together. Um, I think, you know, when you're, when you're considering an option like that, again, there is budget involved. If you're, if you're reaching a cold audience, usually it's going to take multiple direct mailings for you to start registering. Remember we have a rule of seven in marketing. It takes at least seven touches to turn a lead into a qualified lead or somebody who would be likely to accept your call to action. And seven is just a rough number. So, mm-hmm. you know, you have to figure if I'm getting in front of somebody for the first time, um, it may take a bunch of times for me to get this direct mail in front of them as a cold lead for it to get across the line. Do you have the right. budget for that? Um, mm-hmm. If you start looking at the numbers and seeing what the postage rates are, it'll help you sort of figure that out. And a lot of times, if you have a cold list, if you're going through the post office, they can send it out to a zip code. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're going to a list that you own, then you can figure out per how many pieces that you've got, um, about how much that would run you. So, right. yeah, I would say just be mindful that there's going to be some waste in that process. And you just mm-hmm. sort of hope for, um, over time that you've gotten exposure to enough people that the income, the revenue will surpass the expense of it. Right. Well, this has been great. I know we're running out of time. I have more questions I know that I could ask, but I wanted to keep this, you know, less than an hour, you know, but um, I know you probably have an offer that you would love to share with our guests. So why don't you let us know what that is? Absolutely. Well, for anybody who has more questions about marketing coming off of this, maybe I created more questions than I answered for some of you. So I have a free ebook called Small Business Marketing on a Budget. It outlines 10 different types of marketing that you can do either for free or low cost. There's sort of a range. If you're starting sort of with the no budget area, it'll give you some ideas and then we'll build up from there. Um, So that's going to be a great resource and that's available on my website. Pretty much hit almost any page of my website and you'll see a pop-up that comes up to take you straight to that page to sign up for it. So I really encourage that. It should give you some new ideas to play with um, if you're if you're looking for inspiration on marketing or looking for new ideas. Perfect. And we'll include that link also on the uh, description on our YouTube page so people can find that and click on there. Um, so if anyone wants to reach out to you other than getting that free resource, how can they connect with you? Well, I have an email address that's on my website, melissa at melissaforziadevents.com. That would be my most recommended way to do it. Um, I'm on a few different social media platforms as well. But if you really want to get directly in front of me with, I mean, I'm practically tied to my email most of the time. uh, That's a good way to do it. So I would recommend that for sure. And plus, if you're on my website looking for that email address, you'll probably have found some other useful information along the way. So uh, hopefully between those two things, we can get you what you need. Perfect. Well, thank you, Melissa, for being a guest on my show today. This has been informative. Like I said, I know if I had more time, I could ask more questions. So maybe I'll have to have you come back for another episode soon. Um, But it's been great. Thank you. Thank you very much. And then once again, thank you for hosting this. I, uh, you know, I'm, I have no doubt that there are a lot of business owners out there that have been helped tremendously by the information that you put out there. So on behalf of all of them, thank you for putting this out there. Thanks for that. I appreciate that. Uh, I do want to thank the listener also for tuning in. I hope you found this topic interesting and that it answered some questions about smart marketing tips for businesses on a budget. If you have any additional questions or comments, be sure to reach out to Melissa at the email address that she shared, um, or you can send us a message at media at abandp.com. And would you please share our show information with those you know? I'd really appreciate your support. 
I hope you can join us for next week's topic, how to properly handle corporate meeting minutes. And please remember, you can connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And my website is abandp.com. And you can find the podcast posted on multiple favorite podcasts podcast platforms, including Google, TuneIn, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Until next time, have a great week. Thank you for listening to Biz Help For You. Please join your host, Candy Messer, again next Tuesday. Have a terrific week.